Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Yes. And that mm-hmm. is where we need to continue to stay. What does the scripture say? Scripture Podcast. It's time for another episode today. We got Zach Taylor over there doing our sound engineering. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> we got good old Pastor <laughs> Bailey and Nathan Waters, and we got a really special guest, Brother Troy. Got to hear him not too long ago in Sunday school, and I thought, man, it'd be the perfect opportunity to get him behind that mic, Phenomenal get him on job. the table. So we're we're glad and honored to have you here today with us, man. I gotta ask. A, I gotta ask a question before we go too far. What was it like having Bud Calvert as your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been wondering that since I met you guys. You know, it, honestly, He's a military man and all that kind of very stuff. Very disciplined, very structured, but very caring. And of course, we can't control whether you're an only child or not. But being an only child, as I am, very close to him. And uh, just really growing up, I mean, it was fun because even going to school when I was in high school, we had about a 15-minute car ride. We just discussed uh, theology um, wow. and just from a practical standpoint, you know, hey, what's the next thing that's going to happen in this world and on the prophetic scale? And, you know, what about this and uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, truly, he was the same out of the pulpit as uh, in the pulpit, still is to this day. But, Genuine uh, man, that was yeah. a blessing. I've had some of the, I've had one or two of those conversations with him over lunch and so on and so forth, and I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, I had a completely different story. I was raised in a single parent home and all that, mm-hmm. you know. So I can only imagine what it would have been like. And then Mary Coward as a mother. That's another episode altogether. <laughs> right? We'll talk about that later. She's a sweet lady. Well, she before is, we get man, into the uh, the passage, brother, can we ask you how long have you been saved and how long you've been in the ministry? Absolutely. Got saved when I was four years old and I'm 53. So you can do the math Uh-oh. on that one. I Certainly. thought you were 29 and counting. Right? Hey, I'll yeah, take man. it. I'll take great, it. <laughs> no, but great. the Lord was good. Had the joy of uh, starting a Spanish church, pastored that for 17 years and still in existence today. And then uh, pastored 10 years in an English church and uh, grateful for that experience as well. It's wow. Tremendous blessing. So fluent in Spanish also. Yes. That is awesome. Uh, man. That's fantastic. I've often asked the question, you know, what do you call somebody who is, uh, Uh speaks three languages, call them trilingual. Mm -hmm. What do you call somebody who speaks two languages, bilingual? What do you call somebody who speaks one language, a Georgian? (laughs) 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 That's me. That's me. I barely speak one language. You know, I remember when, um, pastor Calvert came out here and I sat there and he mentioned, I heard him mention the last name Baldwin talking about one of the first men he started to disciple on his own. I was like, this sounds familiar because I was like, he's from the Virginia area. He mentioned Baldwin. So I just started researching and then come to find out the man he actually discipled was the father of Kenny Baldwin, which is probably one of the most well-known young people evangelists uh, today. Yeah. So pretty interesting. Yeah. God's used him. I remember when he was born. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Baldwin. Oh yeah. Wow. His mom, big pregnant lady in the church. <laughs> wow. You don't talk about an Energizer Bunny of a person. Brother Baldwin (laughs) knows how to keep a crowd. But yeah, there's a great legacy there, man. Fairfax Baptist Temple and Brother Calvert, and the I mean, just an amazing work. Just an amazing man. We've been glad to have you guys around. God's been good, very good. Yes, sir. And you have one son in the military. Yes. A daughter in Texas, Mm -hmm. and a son right down the road. Your second daughter is still in Virginia, and then your other son is here in Florida. Yes, that's right. That's right. And a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law. So oh wow, three grandbabies. They're the 
the most important part. Actually, if you want to put them in the right order, three so, grandbabies, uh, three grandbabies first. Start off with them, Danielle, Timmy, and Jimmy. Wow, there you go. Well, that's awesome. So today we're going to talk. Go right back to our Galatians in chapter four. Uh, yep. We started with twenty-one, and I think we read the rest of the chapter last episode. Um, this episode, I kind of want to. I want to. I want to hear more from Brother Troy here. So I wanted yeah. us to throw some questions at him. If you guys can start thinking some of those, and Uh-oh. I'll start it off. Okay, so we just talked about hot seat. <laughs> yep, hot seat time. So we just talked about this idea, the difference between being a bond, being in bondage, and being free. Now the thing for me is growing up. So this is the first time that I've ever been introduced to something like like this, like what we've had inside our church, uh, the liberty in Christ, being uh, being okay to be a normal human being and still have beliefs and standards. So I, all I've never known is it's wrong to do this. It's wrong to do this. That's it, all I've heard all my life. And um, you obviously being in the ministry and, and pastoring a few churches, um, what's your experience with some of these issues as far as bondaging or um, how can we put it? Maybe some kind of like control. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not what call that, you know, like the, uh, the ultra separatist, you know, you and I've talked a little bit about this in the past and, and I'd be curious to know, I mean, where, where's your, what's your thoughts on that too? Well, here's what, uh, maybe I could get the ball rolling by just saying this, you know, I have a, a personal aversion to excessive pastoral authority where, you know, I mean, I, I've seen pastors who have told people, look, okay, you need to have another baby. I've seen pastors who have said, you know, it's almost like they want to pop out of people's closet every morning with something for them to wear. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. me, it's just madness. Exactly. You know, and I, and some of the things that they say I don't disagree with, I just struggle with the lording part of it. Sure. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, I, I think the big thing is being careful to not throw out the baby with the bathwater when we do talk about, again, going back to the last episode, the holiness of God. And I, I think we've got to realize it's not that we don't have any rules, but it's what is the underlying rule for everything? It's the fear of God. Right. And right. that's what's missing in so many of our churches today. And I think part of it came not necessarily in a deliberate fashion, but it was the end result was the fear of man was greater than the fear of God. Yes. You know, why do I not do this? Because I'm afraid of what my pastor or my brother or sister in mm-hmm. Christ is going to say about this, which is a wrong motivation. But far greater than that, in a spiritual sense, is the fear of God. And it ought to be, wait a minute, every day, everywhere I go, everything I do, who I am, how I dress, who I'm spending time with, who I don't spend time with, all of that has to be filtered through the fear of God. I mean, would I want to have God, the holy, righteous, Lord that he is, see me engaging in this activity, watch me uh, listening to this type of music, observe me in these type of conversations, participating in this event. Yeah. And and that's the thing that I think we tend to ignore today. Um, getting back to what you were saying, Jeremy, it's, you know, no, it, it the Christian life is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a list of, you know, we, we these are the things, if you don't do these things, you're a Christian. And if you do do these things, you, you're not a Christian, but it's, it's, wait a minute, the underlying motivation for everything is the glory of God and Mm -hmm. his holiness and the fear of the Lord and making sure that I am mindful of that, whether I'm sitting in a church pew or whether I'm at my job the next day, that would I want God to walk in on me having had this conversation that I just had with this client or with this coworker or with my boss. And I, I think that's where as Christians, we've got to be the salt and light. I mean, that has not stop. And if there aren't any differences between me as a Christian and the next guy who is a heathen and who's as lost as he can be, then something's wrong. I agree. 
Mm. And but it's not that I go about, which is what Paul is saying. It's not that I go about boasting of the differences in my life. And I don't have to get on a soapbox every single day and point them all out to everybody. But people need to know um, and they need to have us as Christians take a stand for what we believe. And sometimes, I mean, you'll have the butterflies in your stomach when you ask a coworker. I'd really appreciate if you wouldn't use that language around me. But it's not because they're using it around me. It's because they're using Using it in front of my Lord. Yeah. And wow. so sometimes what we say is, oh, I could never say that. Well, wait a minute. Again, is God there with you at work? He absolutely is, just as much as he was with you when you're on your knees at the altar. Sure. Yeah. He's not any less present. And so I want my daily living to be characterized by the righteousness of God. And I, you know, we talk about, as Nathan mentioned in the previous episode, the fact that we're, we're really now robed in Christ's righteousness. And that's what God sees when he looks at us. He doesn't see the filthy rag of our ungodliness. If that's the case, how is the world seeing that through my life? Mm. How are they seeing that lived out? And and that's where I think we've got to understand the why for what we do has to be based on the word of God, not the word of man. You know, now I think when we hear something, I mean, we, we've got a shepherd and we should want the shepherd's advice and we should desire uh, their, their guidance and their direction, you know, but the shepherd doesn't eat for me. Um, right. He can point me to the pastures. That's Good. But I'm the one who's doing the eating. Wow. He doesn't drink for me, but he does show me where the still waters are. As opposed to the one who tends nowadays, I think in our spiritual, you know, religious circles, it's, well, look, you know, I don't need a pastor to show me the still waters. I'm going to find them on my own. I don't need a pastor to show me what to eat. I, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to get it all on my own. Yeah. And that's the wrong attitude. Mm, yeah, right. I agree. It's just like, it's just I like think that's mentality. a ditch on the other side of the road. It's just like the mentality of people saying, well, I can have church in a boat, right? I can go to a church service and enjoy it on a boat, or I could do this because it's just me and God in this relationship alone, which to a point is true. But at the same time, you have these outside sources that God has clearly given us in scripture that you're supposed to use and take advantage of. And I think that that's a great point that the holiness of God needs to be on the forefront of the mind yeah, for us. I agree. And I think it, for me, my observation of, of what I have seen in so many churches, especially uh, you know some, some of the, the really ultra conservative people, is that they kind of pick and choose the low hanging fruit mm-hmm. you know let's talk about let's talk about the um you know the externals of movie theaters mm-hmm. or dress code or the externals of you know whether you sh- should or should not eat in a restaurant that serves alcohol or something of that nature and most of the time they talk about those things to the elimination of you know they talk about that so much that they don't ever find the time to talk about you know hatred bitterness strife malice jealousy envy all of those types of things that are, that are sins of the heart you know which is where jesus said you know out of out of these out of these wicked hearts hearts of ours are where these issues of life are coming from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, I, my favorite heroes have always been the men who had that balance. They were able to, to, to talk about contemporary things, you know, that we're dealing with in the culture. Mm that we have to be careful and be separated from for identification purposes. But they were also able to say, wait a minute, we need to look at, you know, for example, the sin of forgetfulness. You know, mm-hmm. these are things I've never heard preached on, sadly, until I started investigating some of them on my own, you mm-hmm. know. And so, but in the passage that Paul gives to us here, uh, he discusses two personalities, uh, two main personalities in the passage, one of them being Sarah and her son, and one being Hagar and her son. And we read 
read this last time when we were together. It's Galatians 4, 21 and following. And Paul uses this as uh, what he calls an allegory. We might could call it an illustration. There's different things we could say here. But uh, he talks about two sons, uh, verse 22, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. And so again, we have the issue here of bondage versus freedom. And that that's a huge matter of discussion. It, it is as if Paul is saying here that there are spiritual influences, using that term loosely, that they will desire to have a control factor in your life, almost like veto power. You can't fellowship with me if you do that. You can't, you know, you can't identify with me if you're behaving this way. So the bondage, the free, uh, that's been sort of an underlying theme all the way through the book of, uh, all the way through the book of Galatians here. Even today, we can see it to the degree of there have been some pastors or churches that are like, well, if you associate with this person, then I can't associate with you. Yeah. Because they're a little more. Like, what do they call? I can't remember. There was a term. Third degree secondary. I want to say double separation. Secondary. What's secondary. your thoughts on that, Brother Calvert? Secondary separation. Yeah, I, I think the big thing, again, is realizing what is it that I want God to see in my life? And I think it it ought to be, as the Bible reminds us, that we live a, a test. We have a testimony that is blameless, that we are above reproach. But I think at the same time, we are fooling ourselves if we think that we really know everything that's going on in everyone else's life. And for me to somehow think that, well, I've judged this book by its cover and I think it's okay, I, I I think that's treading on very dangerous ground. Um, I agree. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of funny. Like, and it can go to like my preference personally. I don't like contemporary Christian music. Just a personal preference of mine. I don't, I'm not an argument yeah, of whether it's right or I. wrong. But I have heard people that will listen to Southern gospel, but they don't like contemporary Christian music because of the way it sounds. But then you come to find out. I mean, my jaws dropped several times when I'll mention a, a singer in a Southern gospel group that I like and. Pastor Bailey would be like, you know why he's not on the road anymore, right? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And then he tells me it has something to do with either fornication or something like that. And it's like, man, this person was seen as better or a better option as a Christian than this contemporary artist, but this contemporary artist is living a cleaner and more sanctified life than the Southern gospel singer. So, yeah. Uh, and, and again, I go back to what you're saying, brother Calvert also, you know, it's, it's really almost impossible to know, mm-hmm. you know, who's uh, walking the straight and narrow and who may have private or, or hidden, you know, sins and, and different things in their life that could come out later and be a, a colossal disappointment. I mean, I think we've all been through that, right? right we've yeah. had someone at some point or another who has manifested themselves as uh, something that they were not accurately representing to mm-hmm. us. You know, and I think at the same time, you know, there are certain things where it is very clearly someone that is not walking the same path that we are, and I think we've we've still got to make a difference. I mean, it shouldn't be that oh, I'm just you know with anybody. Now, the Lord wants to see everybody saved, and I'm not talking in any way about that. But I'm saying I don't want to create confusion amongst my brethren. You take someone that is newly saved, and then they see the associations that you have, and they don't. Really realize the fact that, wait a minute, we are still supposed to come out from among them and be separate, uh, but it's not a matter of every single person, you know, let me quick get out my checklist and see if they meet all these criteria, but where, but where there is someone that is, for lack of a better term, cheapening their worship of God, I think we just really need to be very cautious. Um, do and we too. don't have to become the judge of the world because we're not. God is the judge of all of us and myself included at the top of the list. So that that's not what I'm saying, but I am 
saying that it's it's we don't want to go to the other extreme and say well nothing matters and you know it's just you and your heart before God and that's all that matters because that's where it ends and then you get someone that is recently saved and they think well there's nothing wrong with doing this or you know participating in this or saying this or whatever and there are some things that can be very wrong um, and there are some you know a lot of uh, I'm not I'm not throwing a blanket statement but a lot of the songs that come out today it's all you know feeling oriented it's mm-hmm. it's all right. about me and how it makes me feel and you know and what I think as opposed to again wait a minute what does God think you know what what are his thoughts what what are his concerns here and those are the kind of things that when we have the Holy Spirit within us I think he will guide us but if we're in an environment that is so worldly we can very easily quench that spirit by not being an environment that's encouraging us to draw closer to the Lord I agree yeah so I think that the rules that exist you know the clearly the, the clear black and white rules that are outlined in scripture those are not debatable you know mm-hmm. I don't think any of us sitting at these ta- at this table would say hey we need to decide whether it's okay for you know for us to go out and get get uh, you know get hammered drunk on Friday night you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that would be an issue at least among us I know some other guys it might would be an issue with them <laughs> but I think we're pretty clear on those types of things and you know and other forbidden things in scripture what what I am fearful of is that uh, we have almost become a substitute for the Holy Spirit in a person's life and made them almost a cripple to, you know, just handing them demands and handing them, you know, and there's no interaction between them and the Holy Spirit. There's no interaction with the word wherein they're discovering some things, you know, for themselves and on their own. For me is what produces a lot of problems Mm, Uh, long term. It fixes things and it gets people sort of assimilated to what we want them to be immediately. But then long term, you know, when they miscarry a baby or Mm -hmm. when they uh, have to declare bankruptcy or when they, you know, when they go through a terrible divorce or something of that nature, they're in many, many cases not capable of uh, of handling problem. Mm-hmm. It, that troubles me. That really, you know, causes a lot of trauma in my own heart because I'm afraid that we're, uh, you know, we could be one generation away from extinction almost. Yeah. When and, it comes to and mature Christianity, I think that's where it's so key at the beginning to really disciple new converts and to help them to understand. Listen, you've got to be in the Word daily, and you've got to make the Bible your final authority. And a lot of people will tritely say the Bible is my final authority, but they couldn't any more tell you why what they did was right or wrong using the Word of God if they had to. And I think that's where, wait a minute, we should be learning every day, you know, going through this, how does this apply to my life? You know, how does this apply to me as a man? How does this apply to me as a father? How does this apply to me as an employee? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was something I was actually thinking about. I think one of the major problems we have in today's church is the only Bible a lot of people are getting is in the church. So when you're getting and that's a dangerous only, arrangement when the only bible you're ever getting is when you come to the church and if that pastor all he ever preaches on is tv or pants and shorts or these bondage issues that paul's speaking of that's when it can become dangerous because people have pretty much made themselves spiritually anemic yeah. uh, because they have no time in the word by themselves. And I think that that is a perfect note to end the episode on. But I love that last thing that you said. It's all about what the Bible says. It's not about what, uh, and that's the issues we're seeing. Everybody's getting away from God's word and now it's what my word is. But even Paul says that, and like right there, last that'll be the perfect way to end it. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Yes. 
And that mm-hmm. is where we need to continue to stay. What does the scripture say? What what is it? Does it align with what God is saying? And uh, so we thank you for listening to this episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. We have tons of outlets where you can listen to our, our podcast. We have YouTube, Google, Google, and Apple, and all those other good stuff. We'll have those listed. Google, that's a new one, right? Google, yeah. We have some new stuff coming. Keep you guys, keep uh, keep watching our pages and our channels and stuff. We've got some new, new shows coming, and hopefully soon we'll get them on and get them to explain that. But we appreciate you listening again to the Cherishing Scripture Podcast. Thank you.